Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast and I guess this episode is the start of something a little bit different. There's a new little bit of technology in the house here at the My Love of Golf podcast. The uh, mobile podcast studio has been ditched and uh, we've acquired a new bit of kit which is going to allow us to, hopefully, tonight's a, a test case for that, improve our production quality and uh, just to improve the quality of the podcast overall. So we're using our new bit of kit and uh, I'll bring him in in a minute. But we've got Rocket, Rocket on board and uh, I've got a little surprise for, for our man. He's, he's grown his stature and he knows that and um, he's been reminding me that uh, you know, he probably is the driver of this series, uh, this part of the podcast and, and it's true, you know, he's the guy that brings the deep insights into the, the tour action and the golf course action and, and all the other stuff that uh, people keep coming to me and telling me that they love hearing from Rocket. Who is Rocket? I get that every day. Who's, who's Rocket? So um, anyone that's bringing that level of quality to the podcast deserves their own intro. Rocket, how are you, son? <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> You've made it. You you have made it as a golf a golf podcaster. Now you have your own intro music. Uh, uh, and you know what? That is actually one of my favourite songs. I can see why. As a kid, as a, and the Def Leppard Hysteria album is probably one of my uh, all time favourite albums. 19, 1987, uh, produced by Robert Mutt Lang. Uh, I've watched the uh, classic album series on that. So thank you so much for tapping into a little bit of my childhood. Uh, that's awesome. If that's my intro, um, that's it. We can shut down this episode. I'm done. I'm happy. <laughs> we, we, let's go. That's it. We're done. Can, can you just confirm for, for the guys listening that you had no idea that that was coming? No, I had no idea. Why do you think I was laughing? I had to put I had to put myself on mute because as soon as you, as soon as it started, I was giggling so hard, and um, and and I had to put myself on mute because when you did the the intro bit, you know, it's the first time you know outside of the uh, the Nissan, you know, podcast um, studio, uh, I had my blues face, you know, that one where it looks like I've been on a little bit of lemon. And I've got some smelling salts, and I was like, had my eyes closed, and I was like jamming to the, to the uh, the, the the theme music. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was quite pumped. And then you rolled out with that. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy, very happy. Well, people keep asking me about uh, the Rocket Man, and uh, we don't know too much about you, but uh, I have picked up that you do like your music, and you are a serious metal dude, correct? That is my, we'll call it my primary, my primary taste in music. Uh, I'm a bit of a an '80s and '90s man, so yeah. there's my metal and my grunge. Um, but I do have quite eclectic taste, so you know I do dabble in some Johnny Cash, thanks to my dad. Okay. Um, I dabble into things like the Beatles. Thanks to Ma Rocket, um, even a little bit Elvis Presley. 
also thanks to Mar Rocket. So uh, I mix it up a little bit. But we con- we contrast contrast that with a bit of Ramstein. Is that correct? Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anyway, absolutely. The other the other thing that the other thing that people have commented on, oft commented on, is the quality of your laughter. They love the <laughs> chuckle from the Rocket Man. <laughs> I think I get that from uh, uh, we'll call it Pop Pop Rocket on my on my mother's so Ma Rocket's um, dad. Uh, he, if you ever heard his laugh, it was something to behold and I think I've accumulated some of that. Well, Rocket, um, the, point, the point of me bringing up your laughter is we won't be able to uh, or needing to replace it with this. <laughs> See? I've got all the technology. I'm still learning how to move the buttons to make it come in with the right timing. But, uh, you know, that's what we've got access to here at the uh, My Love of Golf podcast. Anyway, so um, you should just record mine and just play it for when I'm not there. <laughs> we can do that. And and just finally, while we cut through the intro, I just want to say thank you to um, our production guru, um, Lockie Flanagan. Lockie Flanagan, you're a young star and you made uh, this little machine that we've got here come together in about two seconds. I've been unwrapping it, unboxing it, plugging things in, pulling things out for about six hours and uh, I made a phone call. He came rushing by and within 10 minutes he had it up and running. He had the rocket music cut and shut and uh, loaded into the little buttons on the computer here and on the uh, bit of technology. And so thank you, mate. And uh, all the best for you on your journey. He's a he's a burgeoning football, soccer, football media star, and uh, you can follow him at uh, on Twitter at Lockie Flanagan um, on Twitter, and you can also find him on Football Nation Radio. So if you are a soccer fan, soccer football, download the Football Nation Radio app, and um, and you can you can listen to some of Lockie's work sometimes or his colleagues' work. So there you go. Anyway, thanks, Lockie. You've um, you're a star. Hopefully uh, this little bit of technology can save you a bit of production work and the late nights that I put you through when I drop a memory card over to your to your house and fine, <laughs> fine. He had he had to deliver if he wanted to lift home. Well, if he wanted to lift home, he had. To, but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that the last podcast that we uploaded once we once we did the memory card, um, you know, pulled it out, transferred it across to him. I think it, uh, it was like uploading it at one a.m. in the morning. It just wasn't wasn't productive at all for anyone so anyway thank you hey mate so this week what are we what are we running down for the uh the guys and girls this week we've got a little bit of tour catch up to do and uh probably a lot of it um yeah you may we may have already you may already know but we should just talk about it anyway and uh i guess we're really on the lead into the the president's cup and uh just talking to you off air we've both had the opportunity to in very recent times play and enjoy the Royal Melbourne track, you on the east, me on the west, so we should talk about that. And um, well, we might talk about a bit of product. I don't know. You, we can we can just freeform a little bit. But uh, anyway, back to the tour, Rocket. What's been happening from your perspective on tour? Uh, well, we're into the fall series, so it just feels like the PGA Tour just continues to roll on and it never stops. Um, and... You know, I haven't probably followed everything really closely because uh, the other thing that people will start to learn from me, especially if they followed me 
on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's NFL season. My 49ers are 5-0. and zero, And we're, we're bringing the smackdown to, uh, to a lot of the teams. So my sporting attention is kind of diverted at the moment. So I've been limiting my watching hours on the golf, but still maintaining a little eye just to see the little stories. Um, and the, the last two weeks, the last two events we've had um, is in Las Vegas, the Shriners, uh, which I, you know, years and years ago used to be the old Las Vegas Invitational. Um, I think that's where Tiger won his first tournament back in 1996, playoff with Davis Love. Um, and then also then just more recently Houston Open and there's some things uh, we'll talk about the you know, I want to talk about the Houston Open some changes for next year which I think are going to be I think going to be pretty awesome actually so make the event really good but Mr. Nah so the, yeah that was the big thing, the big thing at the Shriners which was at uh, TPC Summerlin now yep. a friend of the podcast Jamie Glazier um, is very very familiar with TPC Summerlin um, speaks very highly of that track. But yeah, the big news was the win by your guy. He's not my guy, but you know he's working hard to become my guy again. Um, Kevin Nah, he's he's reinvented himself. He is the reinvention man of two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, he's he's come out of the gates full guns blazing. Um, what I didn't realise is that uh, he's an actual he's a like resident of. Las Vegas, so he, he bases himself out of there. So I, I didn't know that about him until um, midway through this um, iteration of the Shriners. He's come out of the gates with a 10 under par 61, where there's a bit of 59 watch going on, and he's just continued on on his journey um, in the tournament. And you know, it was quite tight sort of coming to the weekend, but he still maintained it and. Um, I've no idea who finished second. All I know is that Kevin Nah won, and it's his second victory in um, three or four months. And you know, you talk about the transformation. You know, here's someone who was much maligned for you know his approach to you know how he plays golf. You know how he's actually quite slow, etc. He was getting picked on a lot, you know, by various media circles and mocked for being a slow player. And, you know, to his credit, he actually admitted, you know, how slow he was, um, the challenges that he was finding, you know, mentally, um, and and that he was trying to fix it. And so, you know, just even if nothing changed or nothing improved and if it was only, you know, increments, just the fact that he goes, I know I'm a really slow player. I don't want to be, but I'm trying to do things differently and trying to change. So whatever he's been working on, he's now been able to speed up his play. And strangely enough, it's kind of translated into him playing better golf. And all of a sudden, these things are starting to click and he's producing some really good golf. He's churned out a couple of victories. So it's his four, he's turned out two in the last, as I said, you know, a few months, which brings his career total to four. So, you know, he struck, he's just struck a rich vein of form and things are working. Things are working and it's impressive. 
He seems to and, be, you know, he seems to be quite popular amongst the players. You know, not that I know or have said that, but you know, you just see some of the um, support that he does get you know, from the clips that you can see on TV and you know through social. He media doesn't take himself too serious. Yeah, um, you know, he's not wearing a gold helmet. You know, for his brain waves and stuff like that. <laughs> oh dear, um, he did have some serious, serious issues going on. You know, like, oh yeah, it was ta- super twitchy. Take us back to you know, like the the practice swings, or well, were they practice swings? You know, like he got called for you know, ha- you know having air swings, but you know they were really practice swings. Um, the putting, the putting yips. He's obviously a cerebral guy, you know, and put a lot of there was a lot going on upstairs, and and maybe that translated into the slow play, and maybe this focus on slow play. Not that I'm an expert or speak with any qualification. Um, the move from slow play to regular speed play has taken away a bit of that cerebral pressure, and you know is impacting on his golf in a positive way. So he he's got a bit going on, like, and then I don't know if you picked up on it, but. In his winning speech interview, so he beat Patrick Cantlay, by the way. So no slouch, one of your one of your boys. I'm surprised he didn't actually know wow. that he he was there. Is the, a slow, there is a slow player. Yeah, so he beat Patrick Cantlay, and um, they both tried very hard to win and lose it, you know, on the last few holes. But anyway, he beat him in a playoff. Um, but in his presentation speech, he reverted to a bit of um, Korean, which is he's obviously a Korean American. And uh, the story behind that is that he's been copping a whole load of grief in Korea, which is where he's playing this week, um, due to a previous breakdown of a relationship. He, in in the Korean culture, I believe, and I'm not an expert, and I don't speak with a great deal of qualification, but um, introduced marriages are still a thing. And he was party to an introduced marriage a number of years ago so he was engaged to a, a young lady the young lady you know came to america and lived with him you know for a period of time anyway some part uh in that journey that um arrangement and the relationship broke down and he was no longer going to get married to that young lady so there's a word in uh, korean basically for like there is in japanese for loss of face so that young lady's family lost their face in the eyes of you know the Korean community, and they've, I guess, somewhat been on a vendetta against Kevin Na in Korea, and um, basically, the story went along the lines of at one of the tournaments, whether it was recently or just in the recent past, um, the young lady's mother was standing outside the the gates of the tournament with a sign protesting against Kevin Na. So he's been copying a truckload of grief, you know, in his other other homeland, and um, that's obviously you know taken a toll on him and, and his current wife. You know, he's he's got a wife and a family, and he's moved on, as you do. But um, imagine having to deal with that, knowing that you're going to play in Korea and you've got all this crap going on. Maybe so, he was so twitchy because she they put a hex on him. I don't know much about any of that sort of stuff, uh, Rocket, but. Uh, if you're living the, as a public figure in the big wide world, you know, you cop a bit of grief and, you know, it's enough to be copying grief of being a slow player, having the yips, you know, and peeing people off in the golfing community, let alone having half a country against you for, you know, stopping an arranged marriage. Anyway. Well, was, the other that, thing as well, if you think about that, you know, they, 
may not be just him, right? Do, does that other family then start to direct stuff at his direct family that could still be back there? So you know, there's a whole raft of other pressures and things like that that he's probably having to deal with. So, but he's back yeah. there this week. He's back there this week and playing along. I think is your uh, is Lefty over there with him? Yes, nice and felt felt like an Adonis. So they've they've been playing a bit of practice round together and. The interesting thing with Lefty is he has ditched the blade. He's ditched the what? blade. He's ditched the blade. Didn't you know that? No. I'm actually bringing. I'm actually bringing stuff to this part of the podcast, which I thought was yours. He's ditched the See, blade. Look what happens NFL season. So you're going to learn a bit about NFL season. There's this little little blank in my sporting uh, golfing um, um, focus that happens from September to January. <laughs> NFL. <laughs> so, what has he dropped? What has Rocket, he done? Rocket, just on that, you know, you know what I think. Uh, what I hear when I hear NFL, you know what I hear? It's this. What? <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> There's the technology again. Thank you're you. you're you're itching to do that. I'm, I'm giving f- you the I window of on, opportunity. I'm officially on fire. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, he's. he's <laughs> Phil, Phil Lefty has ditched the putter for um, a new uh, mallet-style Callaway putter, which is a new range from Callaway, which I haven't seen um, past my eyes yet, but I did see it on uh, Rick Shields. Yeah, obviously, you know, Rick Shields is getting the gear well before the My Love of Golf podcast. Um, yeah. But it very much looks like, I'll just say, a dead-set copy of the tailor-made spider. So Phil's looks like he's using one of those. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like got the wings and the it's. Oh, it, it's, um, it's uncanny the resemblance. It's the same. Uncanny the resemblance. Put it that way. But anyway, the point of the, that commentary was it, uh, Phil's left the, the blade and seems to be rolling it beautifully. Is all the, all the stuff that I'm hearing. So we'll we'll look forward to see how he performs. Where is that event in Korea this week? Do you know? Uh. I think it's the place called Nine uh, Nine Bridges. Right. What's the what, 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 what is the event? CJ Bridges Cup. Yeah, right. My my man Brooks is the uh, defending champion. Is uh, your boy playing? Oh, of course. Okay. Got to go. You know, it's probably on just holiday watch or something. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good field. It's a pretty good field, actually. Who else is Who else is in the field for this week? Uh, I'm just going to do a quick scan. So we've got JT. I think he's won this one before. We've got Lefty. We've got, uh, you know, the driver doper, Corey Connors. Um, the leash, Jordan Spieth. Pace Car Holmes. The Jill. Tommy Fleetwood. Pulse. Jeez. Yeah, Kevin, of course. McDowell. Uh, KJ Choi. <laughs> Bench pressing away. Max Homer. Pat Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty good field. Happy Barn Rat. Rat. There we go. The Slovak. Rory Sabatini. So. Uh, Gary Woodland. Jason Day. Choice. Actually, he's really good. Oh, Chase Kepka, <laughs> Brooks, Hideki, 
Did you hear that? Now, Rory Sab- Sabatini, he he is now you know, defected from uh, South, South, Africa. A- South Africa to Slovakia, uh, to um, Slovenia, yeah? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you hear what yeah. he wants to do? Did you hear his latest? No, no do tell. So, oh. So you know how, how he, out of the loop do I feel? So you know how he, you know, you know how he represented uh, the. He was on the Presidents Cup team a number of years ago. Yeah. And now he's playing pretty. Oh, he's playing pretty well. He wants yep. to play in Europe. He wants to play in the Ryder Cup. So he's he's been <laughs> he's been in Podrick's ear about making a tilt at the uh, Ryder Cup team for Europe. Seriously, <laughs> that's reported. Reported. That's so good. Could you imagine anything like? No, can't happen. Podry, I'll come and see he you. He might play his way on. He, he might play his way on. He might. He may do. Anyway, what a story that'd be. Um, so good field in Korea this week. Worth a watch. Yeah. Just, just back. Got the young guns in there: Matty Wolf, Colin Morikawa, like Minji Lee. Oh, not Minji. Um, brother. I think Min Woo. Min Woo. Yeah. I think he's playing. I think. Not sure. Victor Hovland, Cam Smith. Jeez. I might actually watch this one. Um, now, was the little-known Australian Jack Trent, was he, is he the guy that played in the Shriners? Yes, he was. What a story. Great story. He UNLV, played his way on by winning a tournament, just played in Las Vegas. Adam Scott's his idol, gets to play a practice round with Adam Scott, who used to also go to UNLV. He makes the cut. He's in the top 10. I think he's in the top 15, come uh, the 36-hole mark. Fades a little bit over the weekend. Um, finishes tied for 29th, but still, if you look at the scores, he's shot 14 under. He's 20. Amateur. Oh. And I don't know about you, I'd never heard of him before uh, the week oh. be- the week before when he when he was um, going on and I listened to the uh, Inside the Ropes 200, 202nd ranked amateur in the world. So I listened to him interview twice and, you know, just... Another one of these young, unassuming uh, golfers who's just plying his way in uh, in the states at college, and you know he only beat the world number one ranked amateur to qualify for that event. So no, no mean yep. feat there, Cole Hammer, another one of your favourites. But um, yes, yeah, what a story that is, and look forward to seeing more from young Aussie out there at UNLV, Jack Trent. Well done. Now, mate, um, last week's tour event. What happened there? Uh, well, it's Houston Open. There's a guy who'd been toiling around tour that won it. Uh, I paid on. no attention to this. Yep. The Houston Open used to be a big deal, yeah? Yes, it used to be the week before the Masters in April. And a lot of players use that as the lead-in to the Masters. And with this fantastic change of schedule, by um, the uh, the great Sith Lord of Ponte Vedra Beach, uh, they have now rendered the Houston Open essentially in Never Neverland. It's a shame to see. It's a shame to see an, a, an event that had such great stature and, and some you know very notable winners um, just be relegated to an event where. You know, I don't want to play the cricket sound again, but that's how everyone was sort of feeling in the commentary around it. Now, who was the winner? Yeah. What was what was the winner's name? Uh, Lantern Griffin or something. Mm. I paid 
zero attention to it. Zero attention to it. I think that's because you've got San Francisco playing the Rams, so division rival. I was very focused on that. Okay. So we can't really talk about the Houston Open uh, too much, yeah? Oh, not not in terms of events this year, but next year. Yes. Strapping. So what 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 is in. what is happening there that you alluded to in your uh, intro? What's happening that uh, got you so excited about that? So you have a a businessman, homegrown from Texas, Houston, Texas, Jim Crane, who owns the Houston Astros of, um, in the Major League um, Baseball. So they're in the I think they're close to. Astros are close to making the World Series this year. Sorry, that's another sport I'm diverted my attention with. He's invested about $30 million of his own money into the redevelopment of a public golf course in the middle of Houston called Memorial Park. It's a bit run down. He put a call into Tom Doe and said, I'd like you to come and rebuild the course so call it renovation slash restoration so we'll call it a I'm thinking of trying to put two words together and my brain's faded but we'll just call it he did a bit of both Uh, also went to the PGA Tour because he goes I want this to be a PGA Tour site for the Houston Open Um, because the local community had lost their title sponsor because it used to be Shell Uh, the local community basically is pitched in to all the prize money together so it's, that's why it's just called the Houston Open because you know the city of Houston are funding it mm. so he's pitched in his own money gone to the tour and gone I want this to now be the tour stop this is what I'm doing this is what I'm investing this is the story and this is what we're trying to do and bring back to um, bring back to Houston so um, one of the interesting facts is that I don't know if it was a tour mandated thing or it was a Jim Crane suggested to Tom Doak or you know whoever came up with the idea the consulting professional to the uh, redesign, restoration, was none other than, hit the drum roll machine if you want to, uh, Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka was the advisor to Tom Doak in terms of, if we're going to create a course that is going to be a test for the professionals, what are the things that you want me to put in there? And so... Uh, Tom has talked about Memorial Park on the Fried Egg podcast. So he does yep. the Yoke with Duck with um, uh, Andy Johnson on there. And it's been fascinating to listen to hear the story and the evolution of it um, and what they're doing. And some of the philosophies we, that Brooks is imparting on, you know, what the pros hate and what they, what they like um, and what's a test and what's not a test. You know, so that, you know, Tom talks about that and how he's done certain holes a certain way. So the interesting thing is, so they're going to have all this space. They're going to roll into a tour event in the public course in the middle of downtown Houston. So for one week, it's this PGA tour event. They've got all their tour teeth, so it's going to play decent length. They roll out for the other, we'll call it 49 weeks of the year. It's a public course. 
um, with all the relevant teeth. I can play from anywhere from 60, we'll think it, well, I'll talk in yards because it's all I was told or, or heard about. Every, everywhere from 6,200 yards to if you wanted to play on the, on the tips up to like 7,300. And uh, I think green fees are going to be like sub 40 bucks all year round in Houston. That is, uh, and this man—it's amazing. That's a sensational um, outcome for that course. You know, like we don't want to see any more courses closing or anything like that. And it's great that we've had a you know, an angel come along and, and do that. But you know, with a big a big serious plan, and uh, it's it's not easy to get uh, Tom Doak you know involved. But um, obviously, you know, when he sees and shares the vision of the people uh, behind the course and the proposal, you know, he jumps all in and that, and I learned that, you know, off Jerry Savardi at the, at the Renaissance club, just to drop a name there, but, um, you know, <laughs> that, uh, how hard it was and how much they had to lobby with dope to get in involved. And obviously yep. that, that one there at Houston sounds like it, it wouldn't have taken any convincing at all. Cause it's such a, a great, uh, a great plan and good for you that he's got your boy involved. And, just to, to, to Tom Doak and, and who was the investor, the, the guy that's put all the money in? Uh, Jim Jim Crane. So he's Jim, the you know businessman, created yeah. his own business, yeah. rather wealthy man, owns the Houston Astros, and that's um, no chump change there. So, and you know he's a local, and he's just put in his own money to redevelop. Not a, and the other thing, it's not just a golf course. There's a whole heap of other ancillary things that he's built building around it as well, in terms of parks and other facilities that the community can use that he's trying to uplift everything in this space and, and wanting to bring bring something different in terms of outdoor activity and energy to the city of Houston and his love of golf and bring that back and making it affordable in inside the actual city itself. So what's, uh, it, what's, it, what's it called again? Memorial Park. So if you're going to Houston... Uh, for business um, or, or pleasure, um, and you're playing golf and you're taking the clubs with you, Memorial Park at, at, uh, in Houston. So to all those guys that were involved in that project, on behalf of the My Love of Golf podcast, I would like to give you a round of applause. <laughs> you're on fire. <laughs> this is like a, this, I'm like a kid with a candy shop and a toy. It's you, must, you must be... You must be almost Keegan Bradley twitching, like you must be going, getting excited, and want to press as many buttons as humanly possible. We didn't. We've never really just fully disclosed what we've been through on this thirty-eight or nine podcast journey, Rocket, and we are rank amateurs. And you know, there's no sponsorship. There's no payment. There's very little. I tried. <laughs> not through lack of trying. I want. Um, it is just too two guys that uh, are passionate about golf. And I don't think that people really fully appreciated what we went through in the mobile podcast studio with the little Zoom H5 uh, recorder and the car audio and the phone and uh, the speaker to, to move into, um, well, it was the production manager's uh, former bedroom here at uh, Podcast Central. <laughs> <laughs> I've kicked him out of that and then I've turned it into a, into a full-blown podcast studio now with some serious technology. It's it's quite. Uh, a, you're not sitting. You're not sitting in the uh, the Nissan um, on the side streets of uh, Melbourne. Um, you know, with the engine running and trying of, to keep warm. But if my friends at Nissan 
and I love my Nissan Navara MP300 four-wheel drive black from uh, Brighton Nissan. If if my friends at Nissan are listening to that, you know, I do really appreciate your your vehicles, and they are fantastic. And um, yeah, we're still open. We're still open for business. So you know, to, you, know you like a Nissan rocket? You like Nissans? Yes, we had uh, we had a Nissan Pathfinder ST one uh, one one uh, one uh, time before. The uh, the trio monkeys appeared. Then we had to divest of that because we just didn't have enough seats. The triplets, yes. So anyway, yeah. all, all jokes aside, um, it's uh, the technology is good, and so hopefully we can up our podcasting game even further once we learn how to use it properly. So mate, that nah, so will be good. What uh, what else have we got uh, on the radar? So we've got President's Cup, and I think the whole of the Australian golfing fraternity, Melbourne, and from what I gather, you know. The other parts of Australia as well have got Royal Melbourne in the second week of December firmly in their radar for coming down and participating. Um, not participating, but participating as, as spectators. It seems to be gaining a lot of momentum uh, as, a, as a spectacle. And, and rightly so. You know, we've got the best golfer of all time, arguably, um, Tiger Woods. Captain. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say Brooks. No, no, no. Tiger Woods captaining the US team and the best player captaining and the best player of all time playing. Sorry. I'm being facetious. Let's go back to the serious part. Is Tiger going to play? No. You don't think so? No. Even he he, he has said that he want, always wanted to be a playing captain and he will put himself in whatever position he can be to be a player. You don't even think that he'll roll himself out on the you know, he doesn't have to play every match. You know, he might. Do you think he'll roll nah. himself out on Thursday and 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 get it around in the foursomes, or you don't even? Think nah, so? the man, the man has far too much pride, and his aim would have been to try and play his way on. And I think by the middle part of this season, uh, we'll call it post masters. So um, the events post that, um, oh, I think. I still think the energy that it probably took for him to do what he did at the Masters, uh, I think he used up a lot of tickets. He used up a lot of tickets. And then the rest of the year in terms of tournaments and events, um, especially the ones that counted the most that he played in, I think that the weather conditions were not conducive to giving him the best opportunity to be uh, free, from any sort of stiffness. Because you think about what he's gone through with his back, any sort of cold weather, and we saw this at the PGA. We saw this on that We also saw it a little bit at the US Open. Um, and there was a couple of tournaments he played. When the weather was not warm, uh, he was just, he was just not there because I don't think it allowed him to be free, to be able to just do what he needed to do. Um, so, it's a shame. It is a shame. It would have been great if he played his way on because, right, in some, you know, then, you know, even if he just eked in at like the eighth position, mm. you know, then he's earned his way on. And I don't think he's. I certainly couldn't see him as the type of person that would, you know, select himself. 
Yeah, well, that's effectively know, what he has to do, isn't it? He's got to, the captain's yeah. got to make himself a captain's pick. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, maybe tough. if Matt Cooch, if Matt Cooch was captain, you know, he'd probably do that. But um, because he likes to bend the rules. Um, well, let's let's have a look at the te- let's have a look at the team. So we've got the US team. We've got Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Matt Kuchar, yep. Xander Schauffele, yep. Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, and Bryson DeChambeau. You've got some yep. specials in there, mate. You've got some. Hamill, did you mention Kuchar? Yeah, Matt Kuchar. Yeah, Brooks what? Kepka, Matt Kuchar, Xander Schauffele, oh, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Yep. You've got some of your favourites in there, mate. You've got two of the slowest players. Two of the slowest players on tour in Cantlay and DeChambeau. And hmm. then you've got your favourite hmm. favorite one who is, you know, if we've had the turnaround story of Kevin Nah rebuilding a profile and, you know, redeeming oh, himself. Isn't, and, isn't, that, isn't that the tale of two reputations? You yeah. have the man that had the bad reputation in Kevin Nah the, and has become just this absolute superstar. And all three drops, five drops, steam shovel, sand bucket, whatever you want to call him, he's gone from being a liked person and in 12 months his reputation is in the toilet. So yeah, so um, interesting. Yeah, Webb Simpson. There's there's another one. You know, like Jeepers Weepers. Five three years ago, you know, before I guess the last Ryder Cup, I can't remember exactly, but you would have written Webb Simpson off, you know, and resigned him to the the Web dot com tour forever. But he's just re, oh, pardon, re, the, pardon the pun. Yes, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Hold on, I could probably play you a little bit of music for that, but um, I won't. <laughs> Uh, um, he's he's played himself back into, you know, the rankings unbelievably. So, you know, he's, get, a, he's a good consistent yeah. player, and he's also a good he's a good performer in match play. So, whoever gets paired with him, they they're going to be tough to beat because he is just I don't know what it is with Webb Simpson and team events like this, and it's match play. Yeah, he's a solid. He, he, he's a baller. He's an absolute baller. I'm not going to profess to be a. I'm not a PGA pro. I'm not going to profess to be a swing guru. But if there's one swing that I just watch, relative to the outcome of the ball and the quality of the shot and the swing, it's his. It's one. He's one of those guys that I look at him swing the golf club, and I think, how does that ball get to where it's going with that golf swing? I just. It's not. He's swinging inside a. He's swinging inside a phone booth. Oh, it's so so weird. Anyway, who are we to judge golf swings, Rocket? We're just. Single, yeah. figure, single old aging single figure handicappers trying to win a ball in the ball <laughs> comp every Saturday or Sunday down at Peninsula Kingswood. Who are we? Yeah, yeah. Try and win a couple of bucks off our off um, whoever we're playing with when we're playing. You For, know, former, six six six. Former pennant, a couple of former pennant has beens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the international team, it's a good team. It's strong, and I think. You know, all bar the top three, Dustin, Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka. I reckon the rest of those guys are very, very gettable by the international team. Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Louis Oosthuizen, Mark Leishman, Abraham Anser, one of my favourites, Hao Tong Lee, C.T. Pan, and, uh, and our very own Cam Smith. So good Aussie flavour there. We don't know. When are the captain's picks uh, due? Um... I don't think they're due for another few weeks. Okay, so put another, your another couple of weeks. Put your Tiger Woods captain's picks hat on. Who you got? 
Oh. Um. The silence would suggest that I have very much so put you on the spot and there's been very little preparation put into this part of the segment. So, Well, form-wise, you could be hard-pressed to not pick Kevin Nah. Right. Like, he, he actually is a, he's a form player. Mm-hmm. Um, does he consider even playing one of the young guns, potentially? Yeah, you know, vis a vis. So, is it um, Colin Morikawa, Matty Wolf, potentially? Mm-hmm. Does he dig into the well of some of the other Americans? I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. You know, does he go to the Justin? Uh, not um, so. Is it Jordan Speed? Um, you know, is it is it someone like him? Is it? Um, pluck one from the sky who's the person who's played really well all year on tour and performed well in tournaments and won, you know, Ches Reeve. That's a rank outsider. Um, I'm trying to think of who else who's been sort of thereabouts. So I'm, uh, going, to, I, I, I'm going to go, what about your mate, your other favourite, who's been part of a President's Cup, Ryder Cup format, or at least President's Cup, I think, since its almost inception. Oh, not Patrick Reed. No, who's been oh. in the top 50 golfers in the world for that many years in con- consecutive years that's not worth counting, Lefty. Oh, Lefty. Yeah. Oh. Would you yeah. Have, are you taking oh. him? Are you taking him? Depends on how he plays this week. If he plays well in the CJ Bridges, and he might see. Here's the other thing: he might be playing purely in Korea to see if he can have form, because he's probably sending. He's probably already sending text messages to Tiger, going, "I'm ready, Cap. I'm ready." Mm. <laughs> you know, look at me. I'm felt. Yeah. I've got a bleak. I've been doing my exercises of my on my calves, so I look like an Adonis. I'm ready to go. So, actually, how's that? I didn't even think of Phil. There you go. Unbelievable. I, I think it's going, oh. to, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who transpires in the captain's picks. And I would think that you would definitely go with a tried and true, you know, executioner of, um, you know, that form of golf, you know, whether it's lefty, whether it's, you know, maybe Kevin. Strangely enough, his, 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 his record in um in the, in these team events is not actually no it's not it's not it's not it's not, it's not flash but again you know he's 50 and it's still why not but i wouldn't be surprised um, if you see a matt wolf you know getting a, getting a gig you know if you look at royal melbourne it's ball strikers paradise ball strikers paradise it's wide it's it's fair um it's not long so Good ball strikers with distance, you know, that can maybe maybe um, Ricky Ricky might get a guarantee. Call it a make the Presidents Cup team slash honeymoon. <laughs> you've always you've always got an angle. You've always got an angle, my man. <laughs> I know. And what about what about in the, should just shut up? <laughs> what about in the internationals? Like, I'm I'm a little bit less uh, connected here, 
But the obvious one that the question mark for me remains is Jason Day. Is he a is he a lay down Mazer pick? If you're Ernie Els? Um look, I reckon he probably he might get picked. Um because him and Scotty have a good team. You know, they they perform well and you know, it might it might be an inspired choice. Um, it's good for the for the young man to roll down into Australia. Anytime he comes down here, and that's morning. that's the point. Do you think he wants to play? He's shown. Yeah, you know, there's, there's there's the there's the there's the sarcastic part of me mm-hmm. thinks that you know he's probably going. Huh, I'm going to have a holiday. I'm going to I'm going to be um, you know. Doctor Strange Love and play some lame thing in Japan for money with Tiger, and you know he's not really trying. I don't think he's really trying to. He doesn't seem like he's lobbying his way to get into the team. Um, I just, so, think, I just think you've got to know. you've got to do more and than just be Jason Day and be from Australia yeah. to to get in the pocket of Ernie Els. I, I don't yeah. think he would suffer any form of. Um, Disrespect you know, from a team environment, and you know any hint of you know just turning up because it's the president's cup. You know, I, I just think that he he should be there. He should really be there. But you know, the, the, you know the ones that the ones that I, I you know a couple that I I think that should be almost. Um, just mandatory picks for Ernie. Um, so Sung Jae Im, so mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year on PGA Tour. His form has been spectacular for the last 12 months. Um, um, I can't remember his last name. Uh, hang on, I'm just got to make sure I'm not confusing this. When I get to the Korean names, I really come unstuck. Oh, there we go. Dev, it definitely um, won't be Bo Kim because he's got three years on the sideline from flipping the <laughs> flipping the, the yeah. patrons. Anyway, uh, if that was Sergio, he'd be in the gulag. Um, <laughs> so, ah, uh, here we go. Uh, Sanjay Im and who am I thinking? I was thinking of um, Ben Arn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, those two guys have been performing really well. So. Um, oh, I, I couldn't see why those two shouldn't even be thought about as captain's picks. Um, I'm just looking through. I love those under the radar types that uh, can come along and take a big scalp. I've, uh, you know, it just sets up for that perfectly. You know, even a bit of uh, jazz, Jenna, what or not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, jazz, Jane, what or not? What or not? Yep, absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, so Jace, well, Justin Harding, South African, so he might be maybe a bit of an outside look. Maybe the, you know, just try and get a, a distance advantage. Maybe, you know, Ernie pulls a, pulls one from left field and, you know, gets um, from Canada, you know, Corey Driver Doper. Um, who else is in there? Uh, uh, no, I can't think of any others that are into the top hundred in the world. 
So, mate, uh, so, hmm. so let's talk about the course. And uh, as I mentioned earlier on, you and I have both played it in fairly recent times, me being last Thursday. I had uh, a nice twilight round around the West Course, which makes up for... Photos looked amazing. It, um, West Course makes up for, what, 14 of the holes? I can't, I can't, I can't exactly remember. Co- correct. So, and then you've played recently, what, three weeks ago on the East? First time ever, too, First on time, the East. Yeah, right. So, um... Okay. What do you think about the composite? I have played the composite course. I played it in 2011. played it in the Masters Pro-Am with, um, I can't remember who. It was a wet day, but uh, it was probably one of the bucket list uh, things in my life to play the Royal Melbourne composite layout with the stands up, the ropes up, people around. It was, uh, it, nice. it was pretty, it was pretty good. Um, Outside of the rain, can I tell you one thing? I was parked in the car park, and the par- the car park at the time was the uh, current Royal Melbourne Practice Fairway. So I'm parking there, and it's raining. I'm getting my shoes on, getting my gear ready, and you know, cars are ro- rocking in. This big white GL Mercedes wagon pulls in, and you know they're lining people up. You know, you park next to the car that's already there, and I thought this car's going to park next to me. And Adam Scott's driving the car. I think <laughs> Adam, and I'm like, Adam Scott is coming to park next to me. This is already the best day of my golfing life. This could be even better. I'm going to get to meet Adam Scott. And he looks at me with this look of, I know what you're looking at, mate. You're looking at me, looking at you, looking at me, looking at you, and you think that I'm going to park next to you and I'm going to get out and sign your tightest hat that you're wearing on your head. But I'm in the wrong car park. And he just does a U-turn, cruises past slow, beep, looks, beep, at me, beep, looks at me, looks at me, smiles, beep. and then drives off. <laughs> so um, that was... That was that, oh goodness! That was my experience at the um, pres- at the uh, Royal Melbourne that day, but it was exp- a, a great experience. Royal Melbourne East. So you've got what holes? I'm trying to look at the uh, map. What holes are on the, oh, yeah. first, on the composite? Yeah, first and second. Um, oh, actually no. So it's not fourteen and six holes. So it is the first and the second, which. In the old days, used to be. Oh, I'm trying, I used to try. I always try and compare it to the composite of like the eighties. Um, so you got the first and second, and then you have. I'm trying to remember the holes now. So you go one, two, three. So you go eighteen. So on seventeen. East, yeah, on the east course, you've got. I've got it here in front. You've got the first and second east, so that will play as yep. hole 11. Yeah. So this will make sense to you, those of you that might have seen the east. But, um, oh, but, and I think the third as yeah, well. Yeah, the third, the par four. Third. The, and then the 16, 17, 18 east. So you've got the par three, then the par five, yep. and then the 18 east is the, the hole that comes back towards the clubhouse up against the, um, I guess, that eastern boundary. But, yeah. So they're the holes from the East yeah. Course. Now, the reason, um, for those of you that haven't been to Royal Melbourne, Royal Melbourne is spread across, I think, what is it, three different parcels of land. So yeah. you've got the main parcel where you know the composite holes are, the 18 holes of the composite course are. So you've got the West Course and the East holes there on that one parcel of land. Now, I think it's maybe three. So when you play the East Course, then you 
go across the road and play another tract of holes on another bit of land in amongst some other houses, and then you come yeah, back to about that road. Five, five yeah. or six of them there, and then the rest of the course is on the next one over. Yeah, and then on the west course, same thing. On the other side, you've got another parcel of land where there's maybe three or four holes on that parcel. So, you know, depending on the um, the course that you're playing, yeah. you'll, you'll cross a couple of roads a couple of times. You've got these big electric it's gates. From west, just... it's from west, it's 13 to 16 yeah. are on the other side. You know, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, the 16 are on the other side of the road. And then you come back over and you go 17, 18, which used to be, uh, used to be 11 and 12 on the original composite. And they've messed it around now. I think that's 17, 18 now on the, the composite. So just quickly, you know, going through the 18 holes. So course starts on the third west. So the third hole yep. is the short par four. I'm not going to go through every hole. It, do, but it does It does now. Yeah. So it's the, the third the west. composite. Short par four, um, slight dog leg at the end, a little bit of a, a valley of uh, sin at the front, and the green that slopes from front to back. So, you know, it's the hole where some people go at it with driver and then they've got a little uh, lob onto the green or – some will play with an iron slash you know, maybe small fairway wood and then have that full shot into that sloping green. Me, I hit the driver to the – it's only a 341-metre um, hole. We've probably played off a little bit of the forward tee, so you know, I had a little 60-flick lob wedge onto the green. But then you've got 4 west, 5 west, 6 west, 7 west, 10 west, mm-hmm. 11 west, 12 west, 17 mm-hmm. west – 18 west, mm-hmm. and then you go over to 1 east, 2 east, 3 east. So that's on the back side against the uh, back fence. 16 east, 17 east, 18 east. Yep. And then you come then back you go, then you come back down the 1st west. Fairly, second west. So 1st west and 2nd second, second west is the 18th. So 2nd west yep. is the par 5. But the reason why they have the composite 16 um, which they've changed it to be 18 east, is because obviously in match play, a lot of the matches will finish on the 16th. That's quite common. Uh, happened, you know, the galleries around the 16th hole at the Solheim Cup were three times the size of any other um, place on the course. So, yeah, 18 east is, you know, that hole that finishes right in front of the clubhouse. Um, there'll be all the stands there and everything. So then they go back down one west and then back up two west. Quite a, you know, I'd never thought of it like that. Thinking about you know matches getting to the end, and so they're trying to finish it as close yeah. to where the the bulk of the crowds are. Because if you had a match that finished on fifteen, you're at the back end of the course. Yeah, so that, that suck. Yeah. yeah, so those three holes are, are all sort of up and down and around, and not too far from from the, the course. Yeah, those last the last yeah. four holes are basically in this. Yeah. They're all next to each other within spitting distance of of the clubhouse and the majority of the stands and the crowds and stuff like that. But, yeah, okay. But, no, but also okay. two west um, being that shorter, well, they'll play it as a par four. It's a par five when, when I played it. But, uh, yeah, it's a 420-meter uh, par four in this format. You know, great finishing hole, like a long par yeah. four, you know, slightly uphill green at the end there, tough green. Um, so... Look, what can you say about Royal Melbourne Rocket? It's it's Royal Melbourne. It's an iconic hole. 
It's a McKenzie course. It's one of McKenzie's, you know, iconic layouts when he came down to Australia and uh, contributed so heavily towards the sandbelt. And uh, condition-wise, when we played it, probably wasn't, you know, it's not in the best condition. It wasn't in tournament condition. Probably wasn't in the best condition that you've ever seen it. But, you know, it, you can tell they're prepping it. You know, they're doing a lot of work around the, you know, the build for the stands and everything's just started this week or last week when I was there. Um, it won't take long to ship shape that place up you know with a bit of sun bit of rain bit of moisture it's uh it'll be fantastic um i'm 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 just you know not oh, concerns not the right word but you know it's defense is the greens yeah once they make those greens firm and fast you know they are treacherous but i'm not sure how, how scary they are to these guys you know i don't know what your thoughts are on that um well, the the problem we had last, the last Presidents Cup is it rained most of the week, so the course was quite it was quite defenceless, and it also led to probably the US having then a bit of an advantage because the things that we become more accustomed to. No, I'm not sure about some of the other sort of Korean players and stuff like that, but the thing that um, gives the internationals the advantage and especially Ernie it would happen there and he'd be educating them on the type of things that they need to start thinking about um, is if that course is running firm and fast that's and it's all about strategy and angles you know the the, the bulk of the US team you know from the top line players uh, are renowned just sloggers um, you know, I, I would expect a man Brooksy to be a little bit more smart about how he goes about these things, because um, you know, we've come to learn that he's a little bit more cerebral than he probably looks on the outside. But likes of Dustin Johnson and JT, I think they're just going to be a bit of. I'm just going to hit it as long as possible because the fairways will run fast, and then they're not going to be thinking about do I instead hit a three wood on this hole cut come back a little bit further and have a better angle into the pin so I can hit a better shot and actually get close to it rather than just, you know, bomb and gouge and trying to sort of just hit wedges into every hole. Because the thing, especially at Royal Melbourne, is that, you know, depending on where they put some of these pins and and the angles they're coming into, if you're coming in from the wrong angle, you know, you could have some um, shots that essentially the ball is landing either on a side slash almost a downslope because of the angle if you're not coming in from the right spot. Mm. And then you miss the green. So the thing that they're going to get used to, you have to get used to is, you know, we don't have fringes. It's bunker, green. Yeah. You know, so, you know, missing on the wrong side, like actually missing on the wrong side is going to be a penalty because getting up and down out of the bunkers there, the sand... Is uh, and the the one the greens are fast, the greens are hard, the pins will be in weird spots, undulation, and the sand, which basically gives makes it really hard for you to actually create any kind of spin. Actually, going to be a bit of a penalty. And then the other thing, you know, what, how creative are they going to be around the greens when they're missing it? Because it's there's going to be no rough. It's like you you can actually have to start to think about how to craft your way around here and get up and down. So go back to that sand because uh, 
it's quite often talked about the sand belt and you know especially when you get into the selection of lob wedges and that sort of thing but tell tell everyone why what is different about the sand there you know maybe in comparison to some of the courses that you've played in the states what makes it that sand belt bunker a sand belt bunker and make it therefore a little bit more challenging uh i think the consistency of the sand particularly on the west it's fine which would normally lend itself to be quite so. <laughs> it it is a very fine sand, so it kind of doesn't compact, but at the same time, this it's not it's not that deep. Mm. So the, you're still going to get potentially plugs, you know, plug like little actual fried legit egg. fried eggs, yeah. legit fried eggs, not like a plug and it's just like sand surrounding it. It's going to be a legit fried egg, which is actually really hard to get out of. Because um, the sand is quite fine, that means it's not as coarse as some of the others. Where you know that friction between um, club head and ball is going to produce a lot of spin. Um, the and the way the bunkers are, because it's not that fluffy as well, so you can't go in there with wedges that have a lot of bounce, because otherwise. You know, the likelihood of blading that bad boy is high. So um, you've got the bottom of the, the bottom of the sand bunkers in the sand belt. You know, traditionally a lot of the courses like Kingston Heath, are, you know, they're firm. You know, there's a bit of yeah you know, mills, you know, a few mills of sand on top, and then underneath it's it's a black hard pan, hard, yeah. black harder pan. You know, it's not rock hard, but it's just not not that white fluffy, you know, giving sand yeah. where you see that nice shot come out on the PGA Tour week in week out. It's it's a different bunker shot than than anything like that, and uh, yeah, yeah, because it's not fluffy. That means that you know you got to play less bounce, so it's it's not actually helping you get lift. Mm. You know, so using the club to actually hit into the sand, the bounce then enables the club head to sort of create that lift of the of the golf ball. So when, um, and for it to come out softer, it just doesn't exist there. So when they tuck the pins, yeah, and, and which they obviously will tuck them in behind bunkers, which are going to therefore attract some golf balls in there. Yeah, it is that mm-hmm. it is that penalty because yeah, there'll be very little you know getting up and just watching it go bounce, bounce, check, you know, rocking up beside nope. the hole. It'll go None of that. Bounce, 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 roll, 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 and uh, so yeah, there'll be some blades. Someone, some of those guys will blade them. Because they're trying to get, they're going to try and get cute, and they're going to blade one. Might have to start easy. A, start a market or start something on you. Know, who, who'll be the first player to uh, to um, knife one, knife one into, the, into the bleeding Bryson <laughs> with the one length, with the one length uh, sixty. Could be, could be. He's in the southern hemisphere. <laughs> his 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 rhythms and his brain waves are going to be completely out of whack. He's going to he, he's going to look at the 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 sink and the water is going to be going the opposite direction. Imagine the the prep that I had to go through in jest um, in preparing my body clock and circadian rhythm for the uh, Scottish golf time zone. Imagine the prep and the numbers behind Bryson DeChambeau's preparation for a Southern Hemisphere transition. You could write. You could. Oh, you could launch a rocket with the code. You could launch a rocket with the code that he'll be uh, generating to to work out the sleep patterns, the timing. Um, you know when he ingests and digests food, and you name it. It'll be. Uh, oh, you you would you wouldn't launch one of his rockets. <laughs> like you know, 
the man can't even get terminal velocity right. And he's going to be, you know, you're going to build, have him build a rocket, and that thing is just going to go up and come down very fast. Probably in some cryogenic, some cryogenic lab or something like that, trying to freeze, freeze his time clock or something like that to adjust to the to the uh, to the time differences or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Building his own TARDIS. Rocket, we could probably talk on for a while longer. We've introduced the topic of uh, President's Cup and I guess in the forthcoming podcast between now and December, we'll talk about it at length uh, some more. We've told everyone how lucky we are that we got to play at the course and if anyone has any questions about Royal Melbourne, um, about Melbourne, about getting to Melbourne... Where to where to stay, where not to stay. If they've got any, if they are, if you are coming to Melbourne and you're not from Melbourne, feel free to shoot shoot us a, a message, and um, you know we'll do whatever we can to help out in terms of giving you information or giving you some some guidance. If there's any questions around, you know, being here for the President's Cup, um, if you want to meet Rocket, uh, we we can even tee up that. You might even buy your drink, um, but we'll talk about more about the President's Cup. Um, we can tell everyone how good we are that we got to play there again. I'm sure. Um, yes. But I reckon I reckon we've we've laid down a, a good one tonight, mate. We've we've brought some stories that uh, hopefully uh, bring some information to you people listening. And thank you again for your support, your comments, your feedback, your likes, your shares. More shares would be great. Um, and if you do like what we do, please feel free to tell us and feel free to subscribe and rate and do all those wonderful things that you do that um, have helped us be. I think we. I think in the ranking chart that I saw, Rocket, we got to eighth or seventh, seventh in one moment, but eighth on the next. Keeping some good. Hey, company. we're in the we're in the we're in the top ten. We're in the top ten. I would I'm never, digging it. I would never have ever in my wildest dream been. Um, brave enough to think that that would actually happen but to think that people out there listen and enjoy what we do um it's pretty cool huh it's it's great and i really do appreciate it and i appreciate uh so i've got the technology but i can't get the beep of the bloody email <laughs> i can't get rid of that <laughs> I, but I, I, I appreciate you listening and um i hope you've enjoyed uh, this podcast and as I said you know, we've invested in some technology we've invested in uh, keeping it going and let's just hope we can make it better once we learn how to use the technology to the fullest uh, extent Rocket, thank you very much for your contributions mate it's been an hour, no, and, abs- hour and seven minutes of power again no, um, absolute pleasure as always and you know thank you to all the listeners as well that do enjoy you know you know, hijinks and stuff like that and do appreciate my, and we'll call it interesting laugh. And, you know, for one thing for me is that if they want to reach out and just say these are the type of things they want to hear about or understand, you know, we'll, you know what do we do with equipment, you know? Well, we'll talk, we'll, we, we will dedicate um, and in our little planning meeting that we had uh the other day when you brought your... Uh, oh, the team meeting. Team, <laughs> team meeting, meeting and I brought in the, uh, <laughs> I brought in the shortbread. Yeah, the, the first team meeting and I was going to bring that up with the shortbread. So we had a team meeting the other day down in the city and uh, it was very very fruitful. But we should uh, and we will do a product um, segment uh, moving forward. I think there's some great stuff coming out that I've certainly uh, got access to. Um, you 
know, some great new product from Titleist. There's oh, there's loads of new product coming out. I'm I'm looking forward to getting access to any of the um, tailor made stuff. Mm. Just putting it out. Just you know, just putting it out there in the universe to. I was I was down at Penin- I was down at Peninsula Kingswood. We, you know, we're, we're see this is what we do. We bring try and bring it to a close and be all nice and you know uh, sign off, <laughs> and then we open up something else again. But I was I, down, know, I was I down Sorry. I was down at Peninsula Kingswood this, this afternoon, um, just wearing in the rusty faces of the tailor made mill grind two wedges, the black ones. Um, they are sensational, by the way. They are a great wedge. All paid for by me. All paid for by the My Love of Golf podcast. There's no free product here, but um, they're good wedges. Um, I change my wedges a lot, and we could probably dedicate a whole podcast to uh, wedges, bounces, ah, we've talked grinds, about this. Yeah, sand, you know what what ones to play, what ones gapping. Oh, there's a whole lot of topics. Philosophy. Exactly. You know, people that are starting. What should they do? The do's, the don'ts. So if there's anything you'd like to hear or learn about from the product's perspective, um, feel free to shoot us a, a, a note because uh, you know we've got access to some very good people who who we can bring in and uh, and help you understand any questions that you've got about product. If I can't find that out, there's my commitment. If I can't find out about some product-related, new product coming in the golf um, game, I'm not doing my job properly. But Rocket, you touched on the, the shortbreads. Thank you to Ma Rocket. Uh, she will be listening. She'll be the first download of this podcast as soon as it goes live and uploaded. Yes, she will. Yes, she will. Ma Rocket, thank you very much for the shortbreads. I am currently in the doghouse with Mrs. My Love of Golf because not one of those shortbreads made it home to the only real Scottish person that lives in this house, Mrs. My Love Are of Golf. Are you kidding me? That was a big, that was a massive kid. Yeah, well, they're all gone. Um, they, um, they didn't last for oh, long. No. Yeah, anyway. It's a massive oh, tin. I'm a massive. No. I'm a massive unit. I got to feed them. <laughs> but they were delicious. Thank you very much, Ma Rocket. Um, your boy is doing a great job, and I'm going to sign off with his very own signature tune, Rocket. Thanks very much for joining me. Appreciate your work. Love what you do, and uh, I'm glad that you like your tune. And here it is once again. We're not going out with the My Love of Golf tune. We're going out with this.